Hi, I'm Claire Goodwin and this is the PCOS Nutritionist Podcast. I have PCOS too and I know how hard it can be to get the help you need. So I bring together my expertise as a registered nutritionist and exercise scientist together with other experts I trust and people with real life lived experience of PCOS to help you get the information you need to make a real difference to your symptoms. Now if you've been struggling with PCOS, working with us might just be the game changer you've been looking for. You see, PCOS is a complex hormonal disorder that can affect everything from your menstrual cycle to your fertility to your mental health. And while medication can be helpful in managing some of the symptoms of PCOS, it's often not enough on its own. That's where a lifestyle change comes in. We take a holistic approach to PCOS, looking at everything from your diet to your stress levels to your sleep habits and create a personalized plan that works for you will help you make lifestyle changes that can reduce your symptoms, improve your fertility and boost your overall well-being. Whether you are struggling with weight gain, acne or mood swings, we'll work with you to develop a plan that's tailored to your unique needs and goals. And the best part? We'll be with you every step of the way, providing support, accountability and guidance as you navigate your PCOS journey. We have both our fully supported 12-week program, the PCOS Protocol, or you can book one-on-one appointments with myself, Claire, or one of our other qualified nutritionists. Head to thepcosnutritionist.com to either sign up for the PCOS protocol or to book a one-on-one appointment. The links are in the show notes. Today we're talking all about growing your own vegetables and herbs. This is something that you might want to consider given the rising cost of fresh fruit and vegetables and it can be also just a really interesting like hobby to kind of pick up. But trust me, you do not have to have been born with green fingers to know how to do this or to get into it or to enjoy it. I certainly didn't, even though I grew up in a family that grew almost all of their own vegetables, I certainly didn't take any interest in it while I was growing up and did not qualify myself as having green fingers. I'm the kind of person who has killed every single houseplant I've owned. Uh, we, I'm now banned from buying fiddle leaf figs because I cannot keep them alive. But in saying that, I can grow really great vegetables and herbs. But To do this podcast, I didn't want to do it myself because I am by no means an expert. My three or four years of growing my own produce certainly does not qualify me in that department. So I wanted to bring on the best expert I know, which is my mum. So my mum has been growing her own vegetables for 40 years and not just a small like patch. She grows about a 800 square meter garden so the entire like section of a big house section uh, just for vegetables and she grows berries and fruit and many other things as well and so she has learnt over 40 years through a lot of trial and error about a lot of the important aspects of growing your own vegetables and herbs so today we wanted to go through really the starting point this is not a you know an expert discussion this is literally how do I start and what are the key things I need how to start on a budget and what are those really crucial things that you need to get right and maybe why in the past you might have had some failure when growing vegetables and and how to kind of work out what might have been going wrong and how to fix that 
we do also then get into some discussion about some other like nitty gritty parts of it that I when you're listening to this if you haven't started or have never grown your own vegetables or you may have had you know a failure in the past and been put off by it what I want you to take away is that a lot of those things are not essential you can really have a lot of success through the basics that we talk about having a place to plant them good soil good water planting them at the right time of year so knowing kind of what's going to grow for example in March in New Zealand what could I plant now that's going to work or if you're in March in the US what's going to plant what's going to work for you now Uh, and also then other crucial things like is there enough sunlight so all of those like key basic stuff to just check off once you've got that then you're good to go the other stuff that we talk about you know might be if you've had a failure or trying to work out what might have gone wrong but don't be overwhelmed by a lot of that other stuff as well just focus on those basics and get those basics right and 99% of the time you'll be fine it just is almost just unlucky if something happens so although you know and and you'll hear me talk about this through the podcast as well mum will say something and then I'll I'll kind of counter her and say but yeah but I still didn't do that and I still was fine so it's just so that you don't get overwhelmed and think that you have to have everything perfect if it's 80% there you'll probably be fine and but if you aren't if something happens then you kind of know what might have gone wrong and therefore how to fix it next time Okay, mum, so what are the things that, so if I was starting from scratch, no garden, what would you say to me that the things I need to start growing some of my own veggies and herbs? Well, I think the first thing would be things that you like to eat would be a good one. Yeah. Things that will be easy will be some of your greens, like lettuce is a good rocket, mescaline, even some herbs is nice and easy. Um, carrots would be a good a good easy vegetable to start growing and that's just the thing as well as is, is um the herbs you know you were saying it's like don't if you've never used sage before mm. there's no point going and growing no, no. it right like and well, at least you really want to start being adventurous and try things but mm. but start with the things that you're you're going to eat that you know that you like to put into your food if yeah. you really like coriander give it a go Put, yeah. put that put the coriander seed in the ground and and um, keep watching it. Keep watching the whether you need to be watering it if it's starting to wilt. Mm. Of course, you add some water yeah. at that stage. What about as well though? What are the things that grow in small spaces? Because a lot of people will be in like apartments or like townhouses where they don't have like a big area to plant in. So what grows? Or not necessarily what grows well, but what doesn't take up a lot of space? Probably the same thing as I said before. The greens are good. Um, mescaline and some of those um, lettuces that you can just pick a few leaves, leave the main plant in the soil, but just pick what you need for your salad for that night. Yeah. Um, a few carrot seeds is probably do- doesn't take up a lot of space. Unfortunately, what does take up a lot of space is broccoli, cabbage, corn they they need a lot of space so Mm. if you don't have a lot of space don't even try thinking about those vegetables try the 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 smaller growing um some beans is a good one Mm. put a few bean seeds in and you Mm. can get quite some quite a good crop off of a couple of bean plants yeah that's true 
but so a lot of people were thinking then well what do I what are the things that I need to start like so I you know first of all you you'll need to have some good soil yeah. just check if your soil is quite clayey um, see what you can um, what you could add to it you probably need to find some good compost mm. some good free free soil and you can buy those sort of bags of, of um, good potting type mix or um, and that would that would be easy if I was planting into containers so if, yes. if you were like in a um, apartment or a townhouse and you're mm. you know you can easily put things into pots and, and containers even things that you've got around the house you could literally like those plastic tubs yeah. um, that you use for storage you could even just if, instead of going out and buying a heap of stuff like literally plant it Put mm. put a bag of soil in that, and yes. that would be a really yes. good. Make sure you have some drainage holes in the bottom yeah, of any true. buckets, and I always think just just a few large stones at the bottom, which also help with that water going through, because mm. you don't want the water to be sitting in your container. You want the water to go into it, but not sit for great periods of time. So some drainage holes in the bottom is a mm. good idea, and that probably also mm. pertains to good. Um, what what makes it, if you're if you've got some backyard and you're thinking okay can I plant directly into the soil so if I have a grassy area can I take off dig up the grass and then how do I know if I can just plant directly into the ground or do I need to do some work and that's where yes if you have taken the grass off and tried to dig into the soil and it's still really hard to to actually cut into or dig into, that's when you would need to add some compost or some other potting mix just to have that that free free soil that you can move with your fingers. Because when you try to plant a lettuce or some or some greens into the uh, hard soil, that seed will really struggle, or, or the seedlings will, the roots of those seedlings will struggle to get established. Mm. So, so I would say definitely go for the more freer type soil if you can, or adding it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if I put a spade in, yeah. and I and I picked up a clump of that soil, what am I looking for to know if it's if it's good oh, to plant directly into? You would be trying to break it up with your fingers. If you have to really stab at it with a with a spade to get it to break up, you will be needing to add some uh, some freer stuff like compost. If you can break it up with your fingers, that's a good sign that mm. the soil is relatively free. The other things that you will need to be making sure is, have you got sufficient sunlight coming into the area that you want to plant things? And, and also, have you got a tap close by so that you can keep the water up to up to these plants mm -hmm. um, yeah. you may like to put in a an automatic watering system but if you aren't up to that then you need to be able to be filling a watering can or a hose and having water close by because. yeah and that's probably a good point to make is that you know if you're going to be if you're going to be choosing a spot in your backyard if you've got space and you want to choose that mm. um it's it's best to sort of choose the right place to start with that then because you don't want to go doing all this work and then finding out that actually thinking okay well I'll just water it with a watering can for now and then realizing that's a lot of work yes, and therefore you've got to carry it along. yeah water is very heavy to yeah carry hard work yeah so. and so it's like long term you're probably not going to keep that up no, so no. you want to choose a spot that's going to be easy and I mean we I mean where we have our garden 
um, I mean, even if you could drag a hose up there or set up a permanent, it's still, yeah, still dragging the hose and having that hose out all the time is a bit of a, a bit of a pain. So you don't really want to do that if you don't have to. Um, talking, going back to sunlight, how do I, how do you know if it's enough sunlight? Like, is there a certain number of hours a day that it needs Probably, to be getting sunlight? Yes. Um, I, I would tend to think that if it gets sun for most of the day, this mm. definitely is, is a worthwhile place for planting. If it's in a shade for perhaps all afternoon, you may get some uh, vegetables to grow, but they may not uh, grow quite as vigorously as if you've got light and sunlight. Some vegetables will actually lean towards where they're going to get the light, um, but it's not, it's not something that you can change. Mm. If you've got a building in, you know, shading your place or something, unfortunately, you're never going to be able to change that. Mm. And that might be when you decide to do some pots so that you could perhaps move move them around to yeah, to find the sun. Um, yeah. That might be the way to go. Yeah. And even, you know, you might find that your backyard is shaded by another house and so therefore, but you find that actually two pots in front of your front door mm. is a great spot yes. and and can look really good with some, a few, you know, especially greens and stuff in there. Um, going back to the soil, probably another thing is um, we're talking about the free drainage. And so if you dig that up and you grab a clump and it's really wet and sodden or clay, that's probably another one that's not going to grow well. Yet. Not particularly, no, because um, most plants don't grow particularly well in wet clay, sodden soil. They need that free draining soil so that the roots have got space to, to move out. So um, you, you're probably setting yourself up for failure if you're going to get into really sodden soil. Mm. That's sure. what we had at our last house, right? And, and we, so we instead built up That's raised, raised yeah. beds. So this is where we got, literally it was a raised bed kit wood thing and then we put it together and then filled it up. So at the bottom, same thing with, um, we put like some gravel to make it free draining and and then um, filled up with soil. Well, you don't have to go too high out of the ground, right? I think it was probably, I'm trying to think, we could have got, we, we went actually up probably higher than we needed to just for ease of bending over and stuff. But if, but then that increases cost because you have to get more soil and compost and stuff like that. But if we wanted to get away with as little as possible, we probably could have only, only needed to go up, um, I guess, probably 20 centimetres, 20 or 30 centimetres would be sufficient. And for sufficient. some of the smaller vegetables, that would be sufficient. Yeah. Yes. Probably not carrots because they grow down. They do. And carrots do like a deep, free-draining soil because yeah. they otherwise they um, they fork or they, they can split or mm. become very misshapen. Mm. So they, they need to be able to grow straight down. So you do need a deeper soil. But if we're just growing, you know, mescaline and, uh, and rocket, or rocket's mm -hmm. also called arugula. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, beans, yeah. Things like that. Snow peas. Yes, snow peas are a good one. Yeah. Or, or other peas. Yeah. Potatoes probably need a relatively deep, a reasonable amount of deep soil too because you tend to mound the potatoes up to mm. stop the the sun or the light getting at the um, the growing potatoes. If the light gets at them, unfortunately, they will grow green, which is the poison, which becomes poisonous mm. on a on a potato. Mm. So potatoes do need some. 
But potatoes also need a lot of space. You know, yeah, if you've exactly. only got a small space, potatoes are maybe not the vegetable that you should be growing. Yeah. Combine them. I think the other thing we didn't talk about when choosing vegetables as well is, I mean, I tend to choose what costs more to buy. Because mm. if it's really cheap, then I sort of don't really see the point in it. Unless, or the other thing too is those that are, if I want to reduce the pesticide and herbicide exposure that I'm getting, I might choose ones that tend to be a lot more heavily sprayed when I'm buying them. So, um, but for me, I, you know, we don't use a heap of potatoes and they take up space and they're also not that expensive to buy. So I don't tend to grow those. Whereas greens, you know, like a bag of greens is, you know, four or five dollars now and they go off so quickly. Whereas if I plant them in the garden, then I can just go out and pick what I need and like, if, especially if it's like rocket or arugula, that literally just pick the few leaves that I need and then leave the rest growing and it will keep growing. And it's just this perpetual um, crop that I have all year round. Same with kale. I've got the same kale plant out there that I've had for 18 months and I just wow. keep picking leaves off and it just keeps growing. So it's those are the things that are like worthwhile in terms of cost, in terms of like you know, reducing my, you know, pesticides and things like that that I'm being exposed to and it's really easy to grow. So I think that's a, it's a, good, it's a good thing to think about when you are thinking about what you might want to plant with. But how do I know what, you know, when I'm going to pick those things? So say I've chosen that, yes, I want to um, do a few carrots because we use a lot of those and I really like the taste of home-grown carrots as opposed to the, I don't know, I find the ones from the supermarket really watery. Um, yeah, tasteless. And so I've decided I want to do some carrots. I want to do, um, I like tomatoes and I really like the taste of homegrown tomatoes as opposed to ones that I can get from the supermarket. And I like greens because they're easy. So how do I know when to plant them? Right. So if you live in a, in a country where you have quite cold winters, you really need to wait until the temperature of the soil is warming up sufficiently. So you really need to wait in, until the spring before mm. you start putting carrot seed in the ground. If you put your hand into the soil and it's still really cold, or if you're getting frosts and it's the soil is frozen, it's just not even worth trying to, to put a, a seed into the ground. So you need to be aware of just the temperature rising and put the seeds in accordingly. Sometimes you could you can be too early and unfortunately you'll be waiting a while before they germinate. Mm. Sometimes they do eventually germinate, but then sometimes too you need to go in and plant again. Mm. Um, if particularly if you're having frosts still th through into the spring, you um, you might need to um, have some sort of cover for your some some of your vegetables. But if you do choose to grow potatoes you'll need to make sure that you've got something to cover that growing foliage because a frost will just completely uh, kill that mm. that growing foliage, make it go black. Mm. Um, so, so, yeah, same thing if you planted like a little, say, a seedling of like um, kale or lettuce. Kale or, kale or lettuce can withstand a certain amount of cold. They're probably a better thing to be planting. Mm. Um, they will still take a long time to get growing mm. and that unfortunately might make your lettuce take taste quite bitter mm. so if you can have the warm growing conditions that make your lettuce grow quickly you'll have a sweet tasting lettuce mm. 
if the lettuce is, is sitting for a long time, it can get quite a bitter flavour about it. Mm. So you really are best to wait until you've actually got the warmth for you in, in your garden. Mm. Um, and this changes, you know, so because we live in the north of New Zealand and you live in the south of New Zealand. So what we can grow at the moment or what I'm planting at the moment, sometimes you wouldn't even consider, right? And so that's where it differs. So I think probably the easiest way to know this, because it can be quite a hard one to know when to plant things, is to local Facebook groups are a really good good kind of place to source information. Other other people that – I know that in Auckland there's a rule around – when to plant tomatoes, it's Labor weekend, which is the end of October, which is our sort of end of, well, middle of spring. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas, you know, and that's kind of a, a thing that a lot of people who have grown them before will tell you. It's like, oh, well, you know, plant plant your tomatoes at Labor weekend. That's the that's the time. Um, and so they're really good. Probably garden centres would be another good source Very of information. Very good source of information. And the, the people there are usually more than willing to help you with when's a good time to plant. Um, and, you know, if you if you go to the trouble of buying a tomato plant, for instance, it's not cheap. And so you, you want to be a, have it growing well. You don't mm. want it to be affected by cold, frosty weather that's mm. going to really stunt the growth. Mm. So you, you, you try, try and ask for the advice of, as you say, your local Facebook groups your lo- and, and anyone you see in your neighbourhood that might be growing a good garden. Most gardeners are very happy to share their knowledge and talk about talk about gardens because that's what their passion is. Mm, yeah, I often have, because um, we've got quite a low fence on our um, side where our veggie garden is and people always stop and talk to me when I'm out there, especially because I'm often out there with Flossie in the baby bath or something like that so I can get some stuff done while she's entertained. But they always, you know, chat and, and want to know what I'm growing yes. and, and nice. you know, talk about what they're growing and what they've had success with this year and stuff like that. So, yeah, if you do see someone out in their own garden, you know, they're generally really happy, happy to, chat. to chat. And I think with when people are seeing the price of vegetables skyrocket, there are a lot of people who are thinking, oh, I'd like to grow my own mm. and may not have the knowledge to start, but um, there w- there'll be ways and means that you can find out of you know h- how you can start. There'll be people who are prepared to help you. Absolutely. Um, what I think probably another good question is, so when I go to the garden centre, what do I, how do I know what to choose to, that I can grow from seed? Because obviously seed is a lot cheaper than buying a seedling. So, how do I know what will grow from seed? Or, you know, I probably think this is probably news to a lot of people that you can't just plant seed into the ground for every plant and it will gen- it will take off. There are a lot of things that really need to be planted into like li- those little containers to make seedlings and then you transfer the seedling into the soil. Right? And that's what, so when you go to a garden centre, the things you see in the trays are the, the actual plants, they're called seedlings and the packets of seed is the is seed, seed. that you put into, the, into some potting mix or into some soil. Yeah. And it, the garden centres will help you with this. Um, Although saying that, I often see bottles of carrot seedlings, which is ridiculous because that's the one thing that when you plant it directly into the ground, it'll fork straight away. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. In my in my experience, growing carrot seed directly into the soil is the only way to go. And I would probably even do the same with beans. Mm -hmm. I find beans 
grow far better when you plant the seed directly into the soil. It's so easy and so cheap. You know, like a packet of seed, I don't know, in New Zealand, but it's about three, four dollars. And you could get... The only thing with seed, probably, though, you just need to check the expiry date on the packet, do. right? and that's another reason that sometimes people have failures, is that if they plant seed that is, is too old, every seed packet will have an expiry date on, written on it, and you are, you're very best to actually go along with that. If it's even close to the expiry date, throw the rest of that old seed out and mm. get a new seed. I often find that um, seed packets have far too many seeds in them for what an average family needs. Mm. But maybe that's because um, yeah, I think that the seed companies just put plenty in so that if you do have a failure that you've got plenty to and, and I think probably a good idea is when you go to the garden centre, just look at the expiry date on the, because you might find that the garden centre have put the the closest expiry date in the front. So you might be best to just kind of like go through the seed packets and find the furthest expiry date, because then you might get two seasons out of that seed packet. Yes, oh, usually you can. Yeah. And then, um, so the like things that generally we plant from seed would be um, carrots. Carrots I plant from seed. Um, coriander or cilantro yeah Um, I would always grow beans from seed Mm -hmm. I buy corn seed but I often plant it into small pots early in the season and then because that does transplant out okay but corn can easily be planted directly into the ground as well Mm. I would always put potato seed potatoes directly into the ground I would never do any transplanting of those Um, beetroot the same if anyone grows beetroot I always just plant directly into the soil with that I have seen it as plants in a garden centre but I've never never bought those Mm. on the other hand if you want to grow broccoli cabbage cauliflower kale brussels sprouts all of those um, can grow really well from seedlings so Mm. if you you can buy them from the garden centre as a seedling um I find those mixed punnets really good but where you have two broccoli, two cabbage, two cauliflower because very few families can cope with six broccoli coming ready all at once yeah. or six cabbages all at once. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's probably another good thing that we haven't talked about is just that spacing of because often you know like you might get quite enthusiastic about planting things at um, springtime and then you find that you're going away for your summer holiday just as everything comes ready. So this is probably more of one of those things that like experience you you realise, but you know, when you're just starting out planting things, maybe not all on the same day, you might plant a couple of things one weekend and then wait another couple of weekends and then plant something else just so that things are staggered and coming ready at, at Very good times. idea, yes. And, and of course, as you get into the higher summer and into more heat, there will be some vegetables that, in the lettuce family, that, for instance, that just will blow to seed because the heat is too intense. Mm. Don't be too disheartened by that. Perhaps plant a few more seeds and and you'll find as the temperatures cool down a bit, that will that blowing to seed will just calm down and it will mm. just be you, that you'll get back to your nice nice lettuce leaves. Mm. The other things that I plant from seed is um, rocket or arugula. Mm. Um I find that I don't, you know, don't need to buy plants for that. Just a $3 packet of seed is more than enough and just scatter that in. I think probably one thing with seed is just 
don't plant it too deep. Literally, just needs to almost scatter it on the ground, and then and then a handful of soil over the top. If it's too deep, it won't, won't get enough like sunlight. Yeah, to, and to, to germinate. The rule usually the rule is that it, the, the finer the seed, the less soil you would put over the top. Mm. So, for instance, a carrot seed is a very tiny seed, so it needs just the lightest covering of soil over the top. Whereas a bean seed is significantly bigger. So you would put a, a little bit more soil over the top just to to keep keep it in that moisture too. Mm. Someone said to me the rule of thumb is put as much soil over the top of the seed as the seed is long. Yes. So like a bean seed might be like the same length as your thumbnail, so that's how much soil you put on top, whereas a carrot seed might be the same size as, I don't know, like a, a yeah, pin, yeah, tiny. So you, that's, it just needs that tiny scattering of soil over the top. Um so I'd plant those, I'd plant like other mescaline, sort of other those picking greens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd plant them directly as seed. And the other thing I'd plant from more a seedling would be a tomato plant. I would never try and plant that as seed directly into the ground. Some people do, um, but a tomato plant needs a very long growing season. Yeah. And if you wait until the spring to plant your tomato seed, then you're going to be waiting a very long time before you get the flowering and the fruit set and then the fruit ripening. It's quite a long growing season. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's one that's also really good to grow on a pot because they, they just, you know, like they only take a small space and they grow up more vertically. So, um, and the one thing that's expensive and tastes so much better when growing. And you can get a wonderful crop off a, yeah. off a tomato plant in, in a pot. Yeah. So... Um, what are the most common reasons why things don't grow? Like I, I, my one of my patients, I saw she said, I spent you know I don't know, I think it was like fifty dollars buying all of her equipment to to um, to grow her plants, she, you know pots and soil and stuff like that, and she got one tomato, <laughs> and so she was quite disappointed. But so, what would be the most common reasons why things don't grow? Well, I think soil is and soil temperature is probably a, a major. So, plants not at the not planting things at the not right planting time. At the right time. So, trying to like, for example, you know, if it's an autumn, trying to plant carrot seed, for example, it could be yes, it could be that you don't have any success if the mm. soil is is getting too cold. If your seed that you're using is too old, that is also another reason. Mm-hmm. Um, probably lack of sun, sunshine and lack of water would be some of the other reasons why things don't grow. Mm. Also, On that sunshine one, I just had a thought. The Sometimes it's hard to know, you know, where you're planting, and unless you're literally standing out there all day knowing how much sun it gets. Sometimes there's actually some really good apps that you can download from the app store um, where it tracks the sunlight. So you can stand in a spot and it will tell you how many hours a day that gets sun. So you could, I think a lot of the, there might be a paid app, so you pay a few dollars, but I think a well worthwhile investment to then go around your property and find out where gets the most sunlight. Um, and you do get to know your property reasonably well as mm. to where are the shady areas, where does the water lie yeah. you know, after rain, and where, does it, where do I feel cold when I walk around this area. So... Yeah. You know, definitely. The other thing that can can inhibit plants is just insects getting in. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, that happens. And birds. And unless you can protect from insects and birds, you, you, yes, you will find that sometimes your your little cabbage plant might get pecked by birds because they love a, a nice little fresh ca- cabbage plant. Mm. 
Mm. Mine is eaten by slugs and snails. Slugs We've, and snails are the other thing. Yeah, a big slug so snail problem. It, with with some plants, you can cover with a with a, a cloth. I call it um, quarantine cloth, which is really good way if you don't want to get into having to use chemical sprays. Mm. You can cover your plants to protect from white butterfly and. I don't know. Don't know about slugs and snails because, of course, they're in the soil. Mm. Um, and birds, I find, are also quite destructive for young plants. But if you can cover with with a cloth and have a have some supports and then cloches or or this or this cloth going over the um, supports on your garden, then generally you're doing your best thing to get keep out the insects and the birds that are going to ruin it for you. Mm. So those would be the most common reasons i think probably the other one i've seen is just not enough food in the soil so if you've been um maybe if you've planted in a space that's been heavily like where we planted was it was all kind of scrubby you know sort of bush where we pulled out and so there had been a lot of stuff that had been draining nutrients from the soil and so we really had to try and add nutrients although it was good free draining soil we had to add compost back in and also a bit of like we chose to use a bit of fertilizer not everyone chooses to use fertilizer but we we have um and i think that's probably the thing is if your soil is a bit like clay or dense or um you know we've talked about adding compost or maybe building up slightly but also too if you've been growing vegetables now for a few years or a few months a few seasons that will take nutrients out of the soil and you do have to replenish that either by rotating your plants around like growing beans and um, other like broad beans and stuff which add nitrogen back into the soil Um, that's a good way of doing it naturally or using something like a fertilizer that adds nitrogen back into and and there are many products available these days that actually add the fertilizer to the soil. You don't have to use a chemical fertilizer. Mm. You can use natural. Mm-hmm. There's um, seaweed type fertilizers are very mm. good. And and if you live near a beach and can grab your own seaweed and make up a lovely brew with seaweed and water, go for it. It's a it's a very good one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think probably that. And then the the water. So water is something that probably a lot of people don't know how often do I need to water things or do I do it every day or every other day what is there any good rules to remember when it comes to water that's something that you probably do learn by experience um, and and I, I tend to water quite a lot particularly the small plants that I have just got growing if I've transplanted some um, broccoli seedlings for instance I would go and water them every day for the first four or five days Mm. because they're vulnerable when they're small plants like that and they do need that that watering some people set up a um, an automatic watering system and that works really well but of course if you're getting regular rain you won't need your watering system going as well Mm. Um, and then i i tend to watch the soil and feel the soil I often put my hands in the soil and if it's feeling dry I will naturally go and water put sprinkler on or just water individual plants Mm. but that I've learned over time and it's it's not something that comes really easily to some people so I would say that I wouldn't know that at the moment and also I probably didn't realize that it wasn't until um Jane our lovely um who looks after our cat when we've been away on holiday a couple of times, she came and 
and the automatic ordering system was on and and when we came back she was like Claire I've changed the automatic ordering system you were watering far too frequently for not long enough <laughs> and I was like okay thanks Jay so she was saying that because I had it on every day but for five minutes she was like no you're far better to do it for every second or third day for 15 minutes to really get the soil Wet, wet down and where the roots because it's the roots that need that water and if you're only doing just a quick swish by with the hose or a five minute sprinkle you're never going to get that water actually penetrating into the soil to help those roots so her advice was very good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I think that's the thing is that you just learn these things with, over time but I mean I'd still have I'd still had great success so I think the main thing is like don't think that you have to get all of these or remember all of these things, but all of these things are good to know when starting out. And if you're if you have had failure before, don't think, oh, that's it. I'm just I don't have green fingers. I can't do this. I mean, gosh, I didn't I definitely didn't have much success growing until the well, not that I really tried, but um, you know, things don't often always work out but it doesn't mean that it's a, you can never do that again you just yeah, kind of figure out again. yeah try again I'm it's still, just I'm still learning and I think and I think that's the wonderful thing about gardening is that it's it's a, it's a learning process and you've got to always have your open mind to think right that didn't work particularly well but wow next next year I'm going to try this this or this to make it better mm. Um, and I've I've also learned too that when the about the watering there are some plants that require a lot more water for instance if you grow in corn it's such a huge plant it requires a lot more water than say a bean plant which is just a smaller growing plant so an automatic watering system if it wa is watering your whole garden um, probably isn't doing justice to the plants that need a lot more water mm. than those that that don't yeah but that would probably be long later down the track when you've got maybe a bigger garden you've got different things if you're just starting out with a few green things and some carrots and stuff generally they need about the same amount of water and they'll you'll be absolutely fine just giving them the same same amount of water yes. um i think to the um just having a constant watch just not 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 every half hour, but you know, if, if when you get home from work at night, have a walk in your garden mm. and have a look. And if you see that there are certain plants that are starting to wilt a little bit, and if you realise it's been a very hot day, what are my plants going to be looking like? Just go out and have a look and be prepared to put a little bit of time in there. Pleasant thing to do in the evening anyway. Yeah, exactly. But, in, but then again as well, I mean, I would say that I probably don't get out to my, my garden like... Mm maybe twice a week especially with getting home from work and and having flossy and everything uh that we have to do and so it might not be until the weekend and and also I've had you know really good success doing that so if you don't if you don't get out there don't worry too much it's it's not but if you are finding that things aren't growing maybe then you just need to you know try and take a bit more of a um and you know have a closer watch and just see why if it is wilting or if it's that's, yeah, exactly. That has been clearly eaten by insects or something like that, or if it's just not not growing, or if it's rotting, um, maybe that might be indicate that it's too much water, too much water. Or, yeah, or that if it just doesn't take off, maybe it's too late in the season that you've planted it. And then you can sort of work through a process of, of elimination of what we've talked about here to 
go, okay, right, have I have we planted somewhere that's got sun? Have we given enough water but not too much? Have is there some food, some compost or some fertilizer in there? Yeah. Is there have I planted the right seed versus seedling? Um, maybe I planted seed when I should have planted a seedling to yeah. So I'd say that starting out is generally easier to plant from seedling because you have an established plant there and you can sort of see how it's growing. So maybe some light lettuces would be a really good thing to start with from seedling. Um, because it's harder, I, I guess it's probably harder to know why a seed hasn't germinated. Yes. So, but again, you can just work through this process of elimination. But generally, I would just say give it a go and just look at it as as fun. Especially if you don't go and invest a whole lot of money, then there's not as much riding on it. Just as I said, find something that you've got around the house that you can put some holes in the bottom, mm-hmm. put a put a bag of soil in, plant some seedlings or seed, and just give it a try yes. and and start from there. And then if you enjoy it and you have, you know, you have success, then you can then build up to more and more and more things. But when you start out probably too big and too much investment, then you might be more likely to be discouraged if things don't go right. So, yes. Great. Thanks, Mum. So if you want to now start gardening, here's a little checklist for you. Firstly, I want you to find something that you can plant in, whether that's directly into the ground or into something that you've got around your house at the moment. Don't feel like you need to go out and buy an expensive pot. As I said, just even grab a plastic container, one of those big storage tubs that maybe the lid's broken and it's not that useful as a storage tub anymore. Drill some holes into the bottom or use a hammer and a nail to make some holes in the bottom. And then, uh, or if you're planting directly into your ground, find a bit of soil, maybe it's covered in grass at the moment, maybe it's just dirt, and just dig up a couple of handfuls of that and see what they feel like, right? As mum said, is it, does it clump and it's really hard to even dig or is it quite free and you can run it through your hands? If it's free and you can run it through your hands, then you're probably good to plant directly in there. Whereas if it's really clumpy, wet, sodden, you might have to build up a little bit or even just pop some other compost or soil onto the top of that and then use that to plant your like your greens things that don't have long roots like carrots second thing I want you to decide what you're going to plant have a look in your fridge now and say what do I eat and what's going to be easy to grow so think about the things that we said were easy to grow greens right anything like rocker or um, arugula Mescaline, which is just, I don't know if the world uses the same term as mescaline, but it's just leafy greens. Leafy greens, things that like picking greens. Um, lettuces, uh, kale is another one. I quite like like the, the baby kale or even bigger kale. Um, carrots is another one. Uh, beans, snow peas. So think about what you, what you like to eat. Then thirdly, think about what time of year is it. Is it spring or is it autumn for you? Is it fall? If it's spring, you can pretty much decide that you can grow anything in spring. Whereas in autumn, yeah, you're a little bit more restricted because we're going to now go into cooler time. Or if you live near the equator, you can probably plant anything as well. If you are, if you don't really know what's going to work for you, join a local Facebook group or go to your local garden centre and ask them. Um, also a lot of the companies that provide seed they often have a planting calendar that you can download from or just view on their website and it will tell you what you can plant in different months of the year in the state or country that you live in 
Remember that if you're in a long country like New Zealand, what you can grow in the top of the country versus the bottom half of the country is going to differ. So often those planting calendars, they will just differ by like the area that you're in. Uh, same thing if you're, you know, if your state that you're in is quite long, you know, it, it spans quite a, a lot of uh, latitudes, then you're going to differ what you can plant. Choose that and then go source that. So go to your, probably your local garden centre is the best place because then you can source both seed and plants. If you're on a budget, go for those things that can grow from seed that we talked about, like those leafy greens, arugula, carrots, beans, um, because they're going to be cheaper, you're going to get more from them than what you are from the little seedling plants. Um, then find a close water source. Ideally, if um, to where to put your plants, ideally if it's near a tap would be great because then you're not having to lug water. But if you're planting it in like containers or pots, then it's probably not going to be such a uh, big deal because it's a smaller area to water. Then find where the sunlight, where you've got most sunlight in your property. And that's where you're going to plant these or put them. So whether that's that could be literally inside, if you've got an apartment, where are the windows that get the most sunlight? And that's where you're going to put your pots. If it's planting in your property, in your like in the ground, then go around and find where the sunlight is. That can literally just be observation. So one weekend when you're at home, just keep looking outside and see where the light hits in your property or as I said you can use one of those apps if you just want to you don't have time if you're not at home all the time then you can just use an app to find out where the sunlight is and I think these are really helpful because some a lot of the time we move quite frequently and we don't really know a property you might have just only moved in and you don't really know where the sunlight hits and so they can be helpful um, and then the next thing is just where you're finding some good food for that plants as well so if you're planting directly into pots making sure that you've got some um, soil compost that you're putting in there if it's in the ground you if you need to build up a little bit put a bit of um, compost on the top of that ground that you've got uh, then that should be fine if you're planting directly into the soil then it can be a good idea to get a fertilizer whether that's a uh, chemical well man man-made fertilizer I guess you call it which is just a um, nitrogen, NPK, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, I think it is. K, yeah, K is the chemical symbol for potassium. So those are kind of the key nutrients that um, that are often depleted from soil and that you need from soil. But as mum said, you can get them from natural sources like seaweed-based fertilizers as well. So depending on your preference, you can find whatever you want there. Or as you said, make it yourself cheaply from going and, and sourcing some seaweed and making a tonic from that. And then you're good to go, right? Then you like then you prepare your soil, so you put on the the compost um, and have a look at the seeds. So open the seed packet, see how fine the seed is. Remember that rule of thumb that you only want to put soil that is as thick as the seed is long on top of that. So if they're really fine seed like carrot seed, then it's just a tiny sprinkling. So just literally take your finger and draw a line in the soil sprinkle that seed in don't worry if it's quite thick or not um, you can thin those carrots out later for example if it's carrots and then take a handful of soil and just just kind of like sift them with your fingers over the top of where you've where you've put the carrot now um, what I think is a good idea is also just to put a little tag at the end of the line so you know where you've planted and then 
and then you can sprinkle your fertilizer if you're using that on top and then give it a good watering and that should be that's really it that's done then you can come back a couple of days later and check um, if the if you need to water it more or if you've had rain then you probably don't need to same thing if it's seedlings if you're planting from seedlings then you just need to dig a little hole in the soil and pop those out from the bottom of the so I always turn the little seedling tray upside down and pinch the bottom so that the whole thing including the roots come out because if you pull it from the top often what can happen is the the leaves break off from the roots and you don't want that so turn it over pinch the bottom and so that the seedlings fall out and then um, dig a little hole in the soil you can use a spoon to do that and then pop those little seedlings in uh, feed them if you need to otherwise if you're planting them into compost you don't need to worry about that so much and then uh, and then water them uh, and then yeah and see how you go come back a couple of days later see if it needs more water if you haven't had any rain or if it's inside you will need to keep watering them probably every day and then that's it um, the other thing we didn't really talk about is weeding um, if you're if you're planting it into a pot. Most of, most of the compost and bags of soil that you'll buy are weed-free, and so you won't have much issue. If you're planting this in an area of your garden that has previously been grass or uh, soil which has had weeds in it, you're probably going to be a little more prone to weeds. So if you're planting from seed, then you might need to do a little bit of weeding once a week or so just to keep that area free from weeds. Because if the weeds grow up, then they'll suppress the plant that you're trying to grow. Now, as you would have heard me during the podcast, I don't generally get out into my garden. Like I'm lucky if it's once a week. And so uh, if you don't get out there very often and weeds are growing, don't worry, you're still probably going to be okay. It's just that if you are having issues with your plants not growing, maybe it is that could be another thing that you look at and, and see that actually there's a lot of weeds that have taken off and therefore um, they might be, that well, they literally compete with the plants that you're trying to grow and so therefore they could be stopping that from being able to grow. So that could be another thing that you just check on. Um, if you really want the lowest possible, lowest maintenance, and uh, budget is not an issue for you, then I would always plant either, you can you can plant directly into the ground or if you just make like a garden bed so it's raised up a little bit and then you put fresh soil and compost on top, that is going to be the least, have the least weeds in it. So you're going to have to do the least weeding. You would then also set up an automatic watering system. This doesn't need to be inbuilt. It can literally just be a timer on, this is what I've got at home, a timer on the tap that you then plug your movable sprinkler into and you set the days and times that you want it to go uh, and, and then it just automatically does it. It's always best to water in the morning and in the evening because that's where if you plant if you're watering during the day, uh, then often if it's quite warm, the sun will be so warm that it will evaporate the water before it really gets to sink into the soil. And remember that we want that water to sink deep into the soil to get to the roots, not just be on top. So watering in the early morning and evening is the best time to do that so when you're setting up your automatic watering system just set the timing to be doing that early in the morning and late in the evening to make sure that that water can soak into the ground as best as possible 
and then that's it then literally it's a set and forget and uh, and I really think that if you're busy if you've got young children if you're working that that is the success when it comes to gardening is setting it up that it's a set and forget because otherwise I can guarantee you if you're anything like my life there are most of the time as I said during the week I will never make it out into the garden even though it's literally out my back door but you're just so busy when you get home making dinner feeding children doing with other things potentially working in the evening as well that even just going out there and holding a hose for 15 minutes is just not going to happen so having it as simple as possible means that you are more likely to get the success that you're after with the least amount of time and that's really my jam I am like I really enjoy the time that I have in the garden like I I, you know enjoy being out in nature but I couldn't say that it really fills me with a lot of joy to pull weeds out of the garden that's just doesn't really fulfill me seeing what I can grow and then be able to use that produce in the food I'm making that brings me a lot of joy but the actual act of weeding and watering not so much so if I can minimize that then all the better when it when it comes to that the other thing that I have found is that if as I now have a young child my time and the weekends is even more restricted. And so I have found ways to involve her in gardening. So I literally now take her, when she was a bit younger, I would take her out and just when she was sitting up, I would sit her on a, so I'd put a towel down in the garden, I'd sit her on that and with a couple of toys and she would be happy as Larry playing with those. When she became more mobile, that became a little bit more of a struggle because she was pulling things out, um, she was getting a bit more into trouble, so I was constantly Googling, is this leaf poisonous? Um, And just side note, most of the leaves of your vegetables are certainly not poisonous. The only one to watch out for is rhubarb. But So that was fine, but we have a bad issue with slugs and snails. And so I have been laying a bit of snail bait around to try and kill them. And when I put her out one day with me, I had a look around because snail bait is poisonous. And so I had a look around and saw, couldn't see anything. And so I put her towel down. um, But then I turned around and I saw her shiver. And I was like, hmm, that is the shiver of her eating something bitter. So I went over, had a look in her mouth, and sure enough, I don't know where, but she had found one of those little green slug pellets. Uh, and so I managed to hook um, most of it out of her mouth, but then I heard, saw her swallow, and I thought, oh gosh, she's got a little bit. Um, so I rang the poison center, and that's on the back of the packet, and said, what do I do? Because they said on there, like, don't make her vomit, don't do this. So I, I um, asked what I should do. And they said, you know what, it's actually fine for her body weight. She asked me what she weighed, and she said for her body weight, she could actually eat 17 without it being an issue. They said, don't make it a habit, but, like, one is, is, is going to be okay. Just watch for diarrhea and things like that. So that gave me a lot more confidence that I thought it wasn't a good you know like it wasn't pleasant because it was obviously very worrying and I was really panicked for a period of time wondering what to do about and what I was going to have to do and take her to hospital etc but 
then like sometimes there's a bit of trial and error like this with parenting and, and also with gardening that you realize that actually um things don't have to be perfect and most of the time they'll be okay and that we can you know we can take I can take her out and I can have her in the garden and things will generally be okay yes she might pull out a few plants and yes she, she ate a snug pellet we will you know we will continue to be very careful about that but on the whole she's going to be okay now I've actually found an even better solution to keep her contained I, in the summer. I put her paddling pool or actually her baby bath out there and she sits in that and I put some toys in there. It means she can then use her little watering can to water the plants. She in a, like she definitely pulls a few plants out, but hey, it's par for the course, it's fine. And I can give her, like the other day I picked off a cucumber from the vine and she sat in her bath and ate that which was great because she's seeing where it comes from she's getting involved she's there she's enjoying time outside and she's got the water to play with as well so I think just learning little tips like that can be really helpful if you've got young children and you just don't have a lot of time is how you can involve them in what you're doing to then also give you you this you you the time to do what you want to do which is grow your own vegetables and I think it's really cool for them to see I mean she's only just one so she doesn't yet really understand the concept of that food but she's she's absorbing that through just being around that all the time she's absorbing that information about where vegetables come from they grow in the garden or they grow in soil and as opposed to that vegetables come from the refrigerator or from the supermarket she sees how they're growing she sees what grows in the ground she's pulling out the carrots and see that the carrot is actually under the ground and it's covered in soil and whereas she sees a cucumber grows on a vine I mean that's sort of information that a lot of adults wouldn't know I didn't certainly didn't know where cucumbers grew before I started growing them and that is really I think is really good good and also helps her become a lot more interested in vegetables it's not just something bitter that's being put on the plate and I'm expected to eat it's something that I have had an active involvement and I've planted that I've watched it grow and now I'm actually excited to eat that because I've seen the whole process and this is something that um the when I talked to the, did a podcast with the um, the authors of Sugar Proof Your Kids. This is something that I talked to them about. Their whole philosophy is not saying that sugar's bad, but that we need to try and instead get our children involved in the whole uh, production of food, whether that just be from cooking it to then eating it, or whether it be from right from scratch in terms of growing it and then cooking it and then eating it, that we're then more likely going to get children that eat a variety of foods as opposed to children who are like don't like vegetables because you know to be fair a lot of vegetables are quite bitter and so they're not going to be when a child's offered something sweet versus something bitter they're probably always going to choose something sweet so getting them really involved in the whole process can really help to um just just really help to get them to eat a variety of foods which is very difficult as a parent and sometimes so I think that don't be like don't be scared or put off if you've got children yes it does make life a little bit more difficult because you you know trying to keep them entertained but instead of just thinking about oh, I can only do it when I don't have them think about how you can get them involved and use my experience of the I tell you about the slug palette just to 
like help you to know that yeah some things won't go right but on the whole it won't be a big deal and you will be fine and apart from rhubarb none of the other plants in your garden and your vegetable garden are poisonous so you're good to go if they're eating leaves let them do it just let them eat they'll be fine they'll generally just find they're quite bitter and spit them out um, and if they pull out a few of your seedlings so be it like you can always put them back in the ground and or if a couple of them die then well it's probably a money well spent when it comes to being able to keep them entertained and enjoy it while you're also enjoying yourself out there and growing produce for the whole family so I hope that that has helped you in getting started uh, if you have other questions just um, please send them to us on Instagram and we can always do a follow-up with mum on the more like nitty-gritty parts of gardening and uh, how to grow more like slightly difficult vegetables although I wouldn't say that many have been like many are difficult it's just more that it's probably wrong time wrong climate if they're not growing for you but enjoy and uh, let us know how you get on now stand by for our disclaimer the information contained in this podcast has been prepared for the purpose of providing information including about the PCOS nutritionist products and services and is designed to support clients overall wellness it is not intended to provide medical advice or designed to rectify treat or cure any specific medical conditions or diseases. Nothing stated or shared in our podcast is intended to be and must not be taken to be medical advice. Please seek the advice of professionals as appropriate regarding the evaluation of any specific information, opinion, advice or content contained in our podcast.